So, I mean, established wholesale seller is more so thinking long term. With wholesale, it is more so about quality of relationships and really establishing and deepening those relationships with a couple of key suppliers so that that way you're not playing whack-a-mole having to turn over ASINs every you know couple of months. You've got a consistent stream of profitable products from somebody that you know and you trust. You can buy them in large quantities, you can get good pricing, and you can nurture that relationship for one, two, five, ten years. Welcome to the Young and Driven Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey, or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. Welcome, everybody. This is the Young and Driven Podcast. Thank you for listening. I am sitting here with my friend, Corey Gannam. And if you're on Twitter, if you're in the Amazon space, this guy has exploded in this last year. So he is, honestly, it's kind of hard. You're you're probably the most active person on Twitter as of this moment. And the reality is it's because you're giving so much valuable insight into the wholesale space. So Corey's specialized in Amazon wholesale for the past four years, right? Yep. And then... And then last year, what'd you do? You did 4 million in revenue? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, 4.3, yeah, fully remote Jeez. too. Goodness gracious. Okay, so I, I wanna dive into that because there's a lot of people, like Amazon wholesale is kind of a buzzword. So for those that aren't into Amazon, there's a, t- a ton of different strategies with Amazon. There's probably four major strategies. Amazon wholesale is probably on the upper end where you, you have a lot of revenue, but it, obviously there's, there's a lot of other business um, tactics that are involved and strategies and also just like, infrastructure that's required in order to get to that level. So um, something that you can do when you're a seasoned Amazon seller, hard to do just from the get. So, But with that being said, everyone's kind of talking about Amazon wholesale. Everybody's kind of into it. Everybody wants to know more about it. Everybody's kind of chasing this new shiny object. Last year it was OA. Uh, last year it was VAs as well, but but now it seems to be like, okay, Amazon wholesale is the main thing. So pleasure to have you, Corey. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. And I mean, speaking of Twitter, that's how you and I originally got connected. And I know you're, you're doing some good stuff on there too. So it's good to, working good to get on here and talk I, about well, it. Well, so I think, yeah, I want to talk about that networking. So, so yeah, to give people more clarity, where me and Corey got started, I, I saw you started tweeting what, in January? Yeah, I want to say like January 12th or something was like the first okay. tweet. And I think you got to a thousand followers in less than a month, right? Uh, yeah, I think pretty quickly. So I, I found you on there and it was probably because someone gassed you. I probably like Miles gassed you up or something like that. And I immediately was like, nope, this guy's legit. This guy's, this guy's the real deal. And I was like, I, I got to talk to you. So I hit your DMs and I was like, what do I got to do pay, to pay for a <laughs> consult? Uh, and this was, like, this was before you were even like, putting out content on YouTube or anything like that. I was like, yeah, and I, I, definitely wasn't, I definitely wasn't like, offering consulting calls either. <laughs> so I think, and I, I mean, I was about was to I, turn you I down. The first? Was I the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and you guys, I think, were the first one. And, and I mean, I was about to turn you down, not because, I mean, I didn't like you or anything, but more so just because I really was not against monetizing that early. I mean, I was, but I was more so of the mind of, hey, let's just keep putting out free value. Um, yeah. Can't just talk to everybody, but, you know, if it makes sense, we'll do it. But I, yeah, I think it, it made sense at that time. And you charged me a ridiculous amount for a first call. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. Me. What, 200 <laughs> so for like an hour or something? It was 350, I think. I think you were like, was it? 350 for an hour. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, was it? Uh, maybe it, it was. Maybe was. It was. It actually, you were hungry for it. No, but the best part. So well, that's why I was like, I mean, if he wants, if he, if he down to pay, do like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's but so I joined the call and I I got my friends Kaja and Josh on there too, and then I just started talking to you and I my goal was like honestly I just want to network I just want to connect with you I want to be someone in your brain that exists. <laughs> right. And then and then you I think at that same time was the uh, the Miami Sellers Conference. Yeah, it was like right before that because I remember right we got that. we got connected. Yeah, that our call was probably like a few weeks before that, and then what? I, a couple of weeks later, or maybe like a week later, I tweeted like, "Hey, who's going to Miami Seller Conference? Like, who has an Airbnb? Basically, that yeah. they want to split." <laughs> you're, you're and you DM me, you're like, "You can sleep on my couch." I'm like, "Whatever, it's free." Yeah. Like, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's I think I know what you didn't charge me for the call because of that because I gave you that couch. Oh yeah, then maybe that's what it was. It was clutch. It was clutch. Anyway, I'm all that to say, I think. I'm a big fan of that's pretty much what I do is I'll reach out to people and I'll say, Hey, can I pay for your time? Can I, can I just like spend time with you? I see that you're legitimate and I want to talk to you and I want to know more about you. Um, and I just want to, I want to hear your thoughts on what networking has been because essentially you did this journey of Amazon for a long time by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you were building this business. Tell me about, tell me about a little about your start. Like, give me like, you can take like three minutes and just tell me kind of your story and, and how you got started on Amazon and that, how that brought you to Twitter and, and, and what you're doing on there. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as how I got started, I stumbled upon a Reezy resales video in January of 2017. I was a senior in college at the time. And so I graduated in May and really like a month before I graduated, I already opened my Amazon seller account. I had been binge watching all the videos. Like I was deep in the rabbit hole, like a lot of people get when they start out. And I think it was the day after graduation or maybe two days after graduation, I started going around to every thrift store in my town. And I was pretty much copying the Reezy resales method. I was going use books, buying them for 50 cents, a dollar, selling them for 20, 50, a hundred dollars for some of these bigger textbooks. Uh, Two months later, moved to Chicago, my first corporate job, didn't have a car, so couldn't continue going around to thrift stores. So that's when I started to get into online arbitrage and really got in deep into online arbitrage uh, late or sorry, the second half of 2017 and all of 2018 and then stumbled upon wholesale in January of 2019, stumbled upon a Larry Labarsky, who he goes by Watch Me Amazon, stumbled upon one of his videos, saw the model in action, saw the potential that it had to really snowball your cash and went 100% into wholesale at that time. So started calling, cold calling 20 to 30 new brands per day in addition to the ones that I was following up with. So there were days when I was on the phone for hours, like the whole day. And I had a corporate job the whole time that I was clearly dropping the ball in. So <laughs> what was ended that corporate up, job? What was that corporate job? I worked in like soft storage, so, uh, sorry, software storage, like data storage sales. Okay. okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, for a big company, were you, were you doing it did not sales? like it. Uh, so the first, I was there for two years and the first year and a half was all training. So I wasn't on a team. I didn't have a quota, like literally hundred percent sales training for a year and a half, which I mean, in hindsight was fantastic yes. because yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it laid such a good foundation. I mean, I got paid to be taught how to be a really good salesperson and like the yeah. company I work for is pretty highly regarded as having like one of the better intro or like, you know, post-grad uh, sales training programs. And yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. But ended up quitting that job, but like we weren't even really making any money on Amazon at the time. More so, it's just like I don't like doing this. I'm just gonna take a chance. Ended up moving back home, moved in with my mom for like seven or eight months while I kind of had to go with that business. Um, yeah, and kind of the rest is history. So, what what was the first like the first year? How much did you make? So, you, doing the doing doing Reezy resales stuff. 
I mean, we pro I think in 2017, the whole year, I think I did seven or $8,000 in revenue. I mean, I probably okay. made a few hundred bucks. I have no idea. Like I wasn't keeping yeah. books. I wasn't, I was just yeah. like going by the seat of my pants, just kind of trying to learn everything. Yeah. And then year two online arbitrage, no idea. Uh, couldn't have been much more, maybe like 20, 30, 40,000 in revenue the whole year. Yeah. Then 2019, when we got into wholesale, I remember specifically 292K in 2019. 2020 was 990K. 2021 Ooh. was 3.1 million. And then 2022 was 4.3 million in revenue. And gracious. Yeah. So this year we're on track to do, I mean, pretty much about the same as last year. Okay. Do you like, do you, do you want to cap at that certain level or are you thinking like, I want to go get 10? Um, I mean, I, I, I think that there's, I think there's a decision that needs to be made somewhere down the line because I mean, I really enjoy the Amazon business, but at the end of the day, doing what I'm doing on social media, this content, all that, this is all, kind of all that that entails definitely takes a lot of time as well. So I think the goal is to continue growing the Amazon, like definitely keep growing it. I don't want it to be stagnant. I want it to make more money and be more successful, but do so in a particular, like in a predictable manner where I can kind of set my team up to be the ones to lead that growth as yeah. opposed to me having to be there for it. And, and that's, I mean, kind of already in place and what we've already started to implement. So I think yeah. that's kind of the goal while I continue to put out content and really build that as, as an entirely separate business, which it is. Yeah, you are someone that is really regimented with your time. You spend, oh, yeah. you're, you're focused on balance, you're focused on focus flows. We had a call with, with, uh, with Dylan talking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I would love to kind of hear you say, Something just tell me about your daily habits that you like some things that are non-negotiable for you in this process. Like you're talking about you spent seasons where you're on the phone all day. I'm mm -hmm. thinking everyone that's listened to you is not thinking that they need to be doing that or not understanding that that's almost a requirement to get to where you're at. So tell me about like how do you schedule yourself out so that you can have that level of productivity? Yeah, so that's really been like an evolving process. And it's something that I'm like obsessed with is like trying to be more productive, trying to squeeze more time out of the day, really trying to be as efficient as possible with my time, because I do have a lot going on. And I want to have time for hobbies and other stuff, too. So these days, I've really gotten into are you familiar with this? It's an AI scheduling tool. It's called reclaim.ai. Yeah, yep. it's this. And I think there's another one called shift, maybe or okay. Or yeah, basically motion. there's another like, there's motion, 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 not yeah. shift. Yeah. So that's like, and they're the same thing basically, but what reclaim AI reclaim.ai does is it, so you have events on, you can basically, it syncs with your Google calendar. So it imports all your scheduled events and then you create what are called habits within reclaim. And based on the priority, based on how long they take, it will then proactively schedule those habits into your day around your existing schedule. And let's say, you know, because these things happen, a meeting runs late or you're running behind, uh, as long as you're kind of staying on top of the calendar and, and alerting it as to when that's happening, it will rearrange your schedule to where it's like, I know basically what I need to be doing every minute of every day. And it's, it's been a game changer in helping me just get stuff done quickly. Yeah. So what are those habits? What are you doing? So every day I schedule the, I have, it's called like focus time. So I scheduled two 50 minute blocks first thing in the morning where I just, that's when I sit down and bang out like any of my deep work, like any of my writing, any of my recording YouTube videos, anything that like requires a lot of thinking. So really that's like 9am to 9.50. And then I take a short break for breakfast, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then I sit down for another 50 minutes. And honestly, like 80 to 90% of the time, those two 50 minute blocks, when my, my phone is on airplane mode, I'm locked in, I'm like not focused on anything else but the task at hand. 
it's rare that I can't knock out everything I need to do for the day in those two 50 minute blocks. I mean, it's just not like, I don't have stuff that takes me all day to do. So as long as I can sit down in those two 50 minute blocks and bang out like my, my big task for the day, like the priorities, then the rest of the day kind of falls into place. So I schedule those two blocks and I really am consistent in hitting those. And the other things that I schedule into my day are I try to, I, I make a habit to read 30 minutes a day. So that is, that's scheduled into the day and like that's usually fiction, nonfiction. No, like business, psychology, just just not nonfiction, kind of whatever I'm interested in. Like right now, it's a book about like the history of, of Disney and like kind of the management fiasco in the early 2000s. Really good was, book. What's it called? Disney War. Disney War. Okay. By who? Who? Um, James. James B. Stewart. It's really Got good. It. It's like 560 pages long. I have like okay. 20 pages You're a physical long. book guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got hundreds, hundreds of books. That's why, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I need to get a bookshelf because they're just in boxes in my closet. Yeah. But, um, but okay, so back to the schedule. So I schedule in that 30 minutes of reading. Usually that's at the end of every day because that's easy. I just sit down and knock it out when I'm done. Uh, I schedule in a, so I, I try to walk outside two times a day. So usually I'm walking for like a total of an hour each day. Okay. Um, I just enjoy doing it. It's kind of like my form of cardio. And then the last thing that I schedule in every day is I do like what I call like a daily review. And I, I stole that concept from Dylan, like our call with yeah. Dylan. Remember he was going over like his review yeah. templates for like daily review, weekly review. Do you, do you use that notion template that he has? Yeah. So I use, I don't use the weekly. I, and then I tweak the daily to suit like my schedule. So yeah, his, I, his bone, it's like 80% his and I tweaked it a little bit. So for and sorry, for context for people, we, we're talking about Dylan Carter. He, he owns uh, a company. He runs a company that does AI repricing for Amazon. And so he's brilliant, really, really a brilliant guy. And yeah, we talked to smart. him about, about it and essentially talked to him. We got a call with him, <laughs> a similar situation where I DM'd him and I was like, dude, I got to get time with you. I, I respect you. And we, we talked to him and we, it ended up being like a two and a half hour call where he just laid out all of his focus states and his schedule and what he schedules in within those and, and how he relates to his team, how he relates to people, how he organizes everything. And it was, it was mind blowing to see the difference between where I'm at, someone who's a small seller and someone who's running a company that's gonna be doing $15 million in the next two years. Um, huge difference. Yep. So uh, that's what we're talking about now. Yeah, so and I mean, that ahead. conversation was super impactful. But I mean, really that, so that daily review is where I, it takes, I mean, 15 to 20 minutes. And I mean, without going into like the whole thing, it's where I pretty much just like clear any of my inboxes, like email, text, voicemail, Slack, WhatsApp, clear those, um, set priorities for the next day, schedule the next day, make sure like my to-do list is set for the next day, calendar set for the next day. And then once that daily review is done, that's when I kind of like mentally transition into the rest of my day. So that's not to say stuff doesn't kind of pop up here and there throughout the rest of the day, but that daily review is kind of what separates the work day from like, the rest yeah. of the day. What do you think? Do you, do you think that more sellers should be doing this? Do you think more yes, sellers should 100%. be thinking about their time? How, yeah. Every, that, every, especially because like so many of them, not so many of them, but like there are a lot of guys that are, that are, have a full-time job. They're selling on Amazon on the side. Their goal is to go full-time. Well, the quickest way to get there is to be, is so, so um, like purposeful with your time, especially if you're working around a nine hour, like nine to five job every day. So, it comes down to finding out like, when do you work best? Me personally, I'm a morning person. I'm useless after like three or 4 PM. So if I have a nine to five job and I'm trying to grow my Amazon business to a point where I can go at it full time, 
I'm waking up an hour, two hours early every day, and that's when I'm working on the business so that when I come home from my job at night, I can focus on resting and recuperating. And it doesn't take three, four, five, six hours every day, at least not at times, as long as you, do, as long as you show up every day for like an hour or two. But it yeah. just comes out of the consistency. Well, then I, I, that brings me to a good question because I think you have a lot of followers that are talking to you and saying, they're like most of the people that follow you are trying to make a transition. They're, they're not trying to think about how can I start in wholesale? Some right. of them maybe, but like the majority are saying, I'm doing OA. I've been mm -hmm. doing Amazon for a little bit. Um, I see the scalability of wholesale. I see the idea that I can have uh, essentially replenishable items, smaller margin, replenishable items that I don't have to keep you know, doing these sales. I don't have to be doing the July 4th sale. I don't have to be doing the Black Friday sale. I can just look and find the products and get the relationships. Yep. What's the biggest difference between a wholesale, an established wholesale seller and someone that's transitioning from OA? What's the biggest difference between the two? So, I mean, established wholesale seller is more so thinking long term because some of these and not necessarily OA sellers, but just the nature of the OA business itself. It's like you're always looking for the next deal and the next sale and the next, you know, hot product, the next bolo, where with wholesale, it is more so about quality of relationships and really establishing and deepening those relationships with a couple of key suppliers so that that way you're not playing whack-a-mole having to turn over ASINs every you know, couple of months. You've got a consistent stream of profitable products from somebody that you know and you trust. You can buy them in large quantities, you can get good pricing, and you can nurture that relationship for one, two, five, ten years. Yeah. Have you been trying to hone down on the amount of people that you're, you're like the amount of suppliers you have? Like, are you? Oh yeah, like we've 80, we started. Yeah, we've even started turning suppliers away. So because I've gotten more active on Twitter and YouTube, I mean, we've had suppliers reach out to us, and people come to us wanting to sell to us, which is quite a uh, you know a welcome change from how it you know how yeah. it was for the first five years of like begging for accounts and begging to buy stuff from people, but. That said, it's like now it comes down to opportunity management because we don't have unlimited capital. And some of these suppliers, I mean, they're just at the end of the day, they're not that good. Yeah. So we've pretty much narrowed down our top like three to six and we don't even really work with anybody else. We've That's started working awesome. with a couple of new ones recently, but for the most part, and I mean, we're not, I'm not interested in raising like a million dollars in capital to buy inventory. Yeah. I think we can grow sustainably as we are and it doesn't take more than six suppliers to do that it really does that's crazy that's crazy that's kind of the dream so how many mm -hmm. you said how you focus so much energy on like you're focusing more energy on content you got the wholesale challenge that by the time this is going to be posted you know that that'll have been successful <laughs> a lot yeah. of people will, oh, yeah. will be coming to you and knowing you for your, your help in that um how what like do you, do you have an idea of like how much time you're deviating towards specifically amazon business versus content like yeah, Asaurus, yeah. Asaurus is the big thing that he talks about. Like every time he, I talk to him, he's like, I spend two hours in my OA store. And I'm sure he mm -hmm. does a ton of other stuff, but that's like his pride and joy is that he only spends two hours doing it. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably put my involvement at the same time. I'd say two hours a day on average as far as the Amazon business is concerned. Uh, in fact, we recently just laid off, I guess, half of our employees, which is only two. But <laughs> the reason for that... Well, because, so I guess let me give some context there. Yeah, they, were, they were our product sourcing team members. So they were spending their entire day finding new products for us to buy from our existing suppliers. Okay. The nature of our business now, we have so many inbound leads. We have so many good relationships. Suppliers are just sending us products to buy and we're just giving them a yes or no. So their nice. role, I mean, it is, but it's the truth. So at, at the end of the day, their role, we're paying them, I mean, what, $1,600 per month total between the two yeah. of them. 
when in reality, we're not really getting the benefit out of them that we once were. They're phenomenal. They're great employees. They crushed it. It just, the role doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So, so uh, and I, how did we, what were we even talking about before that? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I, the reason I was asking is because like the, not only are you- Oh, how many hours per day? Yeah, doing this, you're establishing relationships that you don't have, you can continually invest in, but it mm-hmm. takes so little of your time so that you can actually buy back your freedom. That's essentially yep. what you've done. Yeah, so, and I mean, the other thing too is so like my, right now, we, now we have two employees on our staff. One is head of operations, one is head admin. So they're pretty much partners in crime as far as like running the business. And so I've, but I mean, one of them has been with me for three and a half years. The other one only about six months, but he's learned very quickly. So my main one, head of operations, she has been shadowing my every move ever since she came on. She knows every aspect of the business inside and out because I probably have two, three, 400 hours, if not more, of recorded Zoom meeting screen share videos with her over the last three and a half years that, that she could also reference at any time if she needs to. Yeah. Yeah, so do you do like weekly one-on-ones with her or do you talk more frequently? So this we is do super a, tactical. I'm sorry, but I just, I'm curious. No, I like it. I like talking about this because like, like the team structure and like the actual like tactics of like how I run the team. I, I don't feel like I've talked about a lot, so I, I want to talk about it. But yeah, it's gonna do it. currently we have a scheduled team meeting every Wednesday. So it's just me, her, the admin, and then my personal assistant. She joins just because she's not necessarily part of the business. Yeah. We spend 15, 20 minutes touching on the team KPIs for the week going over the past week's performance and then talking strategy and really just giving marching orders for the week, which honestly is usually just kind of business as usual. It's like, we know what to do. Let's just keep doing it and review our progress. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, every Wednesday we have, it's called like our buyer call where we take 30 to 45 minutes, review any standing purchase orders. Uh, if there are any status updates they need to give to me as far as like orders in progress, that's when we discuss them that's when they will pitch me like new products for us to buy. So if there's a new product we've never carried before and my head of operations feels strongly about it, she'll say, hey, here's a new product. This is why I think we should buy it. This is how many I think we should buy. And this is the price that I was able to negotiate. So that all I have to do is within 10 seconds, I can say yes, no, or change the quantity. Yeah. And so as a result of those buyer meetings, they can take 30 to 45 minutes but in that 30 to 45 minutes, we put together, I mean, we put together six figure purchase orders in that time frame every week, uh, which obviously go on to make us a, a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and you're not saying this, where are your employees based? So the two, the two in the business are in the Philippines and then my personal assistant is in Nigeria. Okay. So, and I, so something I love is that I, I hate how people are just communicating about virtual assistants and, and almost like talking about them derogatorily when it's like they're people. And I love right. that you were communicating about your team. You're saying my head of operations, my head admin, my personal assistant, right? I well, know that's, that's intentional. That's a, it's intentional since our conversation with Dylan and he harped on yeah. it so many times. And then I finally was like, I just, like, yeah, I know that's the way I need to be operating. So I'm going to start doing it. So I've, yeah. I've really made it a point to not, like, I don't even try to use the word VA or virtual yeah. assistant. It's we've got our head of operations, we've got our head admin, and then I've got my executive assistant. They just happen to live overseas. Yeah, which is, I think that's, I, I wish a lot of business owners would recognize this and not look down on it because there's, there's this negative relationship with the idea of outsourcing. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, it's almost like crucial when you're starting a business because you have to, you can't, you can't afford a W2. Like you're not gonna be able to afford the healthcare. You're not, and like to even pay someone, people pay 15, you know, 15, $20 hourly 
That's yep. just it's just not going to be possible to do that and to scale it the way that we want to scale at this level. So I, I mean, I, if you're listening to this and you're a business owner and you don't have virtual assistants and you're not giving them titles that are worthy of that title because that's what the job that they're doing, uh, you have to rethink your strategy because you can scale so much faster with people from overseas that are genuinely awesome people that are like I, I have killers on my team and it sounds like I hate hiring people from the states. I, I if it were if it were up to me, I would literally only hire people from the Philippines for the rest of my life. They're that good. <laughs> so the far. issue is the quantity. There's so many of them, and so many yeah. of them are looking for roles. It, it like, you yeah. really have to drill in and find one that's going to be a good fit and find a really good one. But when you yeah. do and you give them ownership over the role, you give them a legitimate title, you pay them well, right? The days of two, three dollars an hour are gone. I mean, a good yeah. VA, not VA, good virtual employee starts at, <laughs> at least in the Philippines, is going to start at five, six dollars an hour. And I yeah. mean, my, my head of operations is at ten dollars an hour. So uh, you got to be willing to pay for quality. And some of those folks are a hundred times more qualified than people in the States. And, and just to tell other people, like my strategy has been a little bit different. I started with people that probably had a little bit less experience and I invested more time into them. So I, I started some of like most of my trial periods, I actually started at 250. Uh, and I know that's crazy. And, and you know, people that, that do crazy. that, it's, it's a little bit too low, but I try <laughs> to immediately incentivize and be like, Nope, we're going to like, I'm going to train you. This is your training period. I'm going to give you like a month. We're going to learn. We're going to have frequent one-on-ones. We're going to talk a lot. And then you're going to be immediately bumped. Like I've given one of my employees, she's gotten three raises in three months. And so <laughs> she'll be, and I, by the end of the year, she'll be close to that, that, that eight to $10 place just because that's the value that she brings. And so that's why I try to push on is like own the value, own the outcome and earn the dollar amount that comes with that outcome. And you can get people that you can afford that actually help your business and use money as a motivation tool, not just like as an hourly, this is just what you're worth because that's- okay, You're not just checking a box, yeah. No, yeah, because it's about investment into them and they want the education, they want the, they want the connection too. Absolutely. Let me, uh, let me shift gears here. So I wanna talk about content with you. Um, mm -hmm. No one's really talked to you about this. You've been on a ton of podcasts. So if you guys wanna hear more about Corey with, with wholesale and specific, He's been on a ton of podcasts. Every every Amazon seller's had him on. He has his and own not YouTube to mention channel. my own, <laughs> and not to mention our, yeah our own podcast that he that he's been launching that he's been he's been crushing. And he just got over a thousand downloads as of this recording. Uh, so definitely check it if you want information on that specifically. Listen to his stuff. I want to talk to you, Corey, about your content strategy, and I I know it's it's something that I I wish other business owners in general, not just in the Amazon space, but in general would would learn from. Um, because you've been able to establish a community in seven months, which mm -hmm. is impressive. And when I say community, I mean monetizable community. Um, and, and it's because you've just focused on giving value. So tell me about your strategy. Tell me about like joining. First off, you did this all by yourself, right? You've done established. I mean, you've, business you've been a big, years. well, yeah, I, I guess I thought you were talking about the media thing. I was going to say, I definitely no, want to give no, you no. credit as far as the content, but yeah. No, but, you, but you've established yourself in Amazon for four years, and then you're like, man, I probably need a network. I probably need to start doing content in some shape or form. So what brought you to Twitter, and then what was your initial Twitter strategy that, that led to your kind of rapid growth? Yeah, so, I mean, this was probably about exactly a year ago this month, because I moved to Charlotte about a year ago this month, and really right when I moved here is when, I don't know why, I just came to the realization, like, one day I was sitting here, I'm like, I can count on one hand the, other, the amount of other Amazon sellers I know. And anybody yeah. that's in this business knows it is so unique. It has a lot of nuances. And unless you're really in the space and you're in deep, then sometimes it feels like you're completely alone. There's nobody you can talk to. 
this business has problems that other businesses don't. So, I mean, really just in an effort to like share my share, you know, wins and losses with other people that get it. I started looking for just communities to join, like other Amazon groups to join. So I started looking at meetup.com. Uh, there were a couple of meetups, but they didn't seem too active. And then I stumbled upon, uh, actually there was somebody from, it's called a Million Dollar Sellers, MDS. It's a large, very high level Amazon networking group. I heard somebody from MDS go on to Scott Needham's podcast and just talking about MDS, talking about the community. And from what I could get from the podcast, it was like high level, like the people in there were legit. So. I reached out, turns out in order to even get considered, it, to even be considered to join, you have to do at least a million dollars in trailing 12 months revenue on Amazon. You've got to prove it. You know, you've got to like hold up a picture, like your ID next to your sales. Like, it, you know, they make you jump through some hoops, but it's because the quality of the it. community is so high. So I ended up joining Period that. Entry. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it was, so to give you context, like I was kind of on the fence about joining because it's not free and it's definitely not cheap. Uh, but the guy that was interviewing me set me up with one of the members who actually is local here to me. He actually lives right down the block. We have lunch. Come to find out, he is, he's a top 50 nationwide Amazon seller, $150 million a year, all wholesale, all brand direct, has a massive no, retail no store. No I mean, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but <laughs> anybody, and he's like, he's like too big for me. Like it was nice of him okay. to meet me, but he like will not return my texts after that. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like big time. But, um, but so like, that's like the, the caliber of people that were in that group. So I joined, I met some guy like, and I went to their national event. And when I got there, it was probably 150 other people. The total group is like 500, but there's probably 150 people at this event. I was like the smallest fish in that room and it wasn't even close like everybody yeah. there was so legit it was mainly private label but these are like like high multiple eight-figure private label sellers that own SaaS companies that also run their own communities like this is like who's who of the amazon private label space primarily yeah so started hanging out with them like really leveled up just by being around that caliber of people and then so kind of coming off that experience, I'm like, oh, I need to, like, I need to keep doing this, but I also want to find some people that are doing what I'm doing. Like there's not a lot of wholesale people in this group. So long story short, stumble upon Twitter, stumble upon the Buy Box Bandits podcast, ended up getting in touch with Miles and Garrett, went on there and yeah, shout out. And then uh, went on there and uh, had what I thought was a pretty good episode, it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Uh, started getting a lot more active on Twitter. And my goal with Twitter was really just to provide value. I mean, give people tips that like today seem super obvious and super common sense to me. But what I found out is that like people don't know this stuff and I do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, well, I might as well share it. It's not like it's going to really create any competition. And it really seemed yeah. to resonate. So that was kind of my strategy. Can I, can I tell you why I think it worked? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, but like in my mind, Step one, do shit. And then step two, talk about the shit you do. <laughs> yeah. And right, in my mind, I think that. like, I think, I think at this point, like to get to your, exactly what you said, like, it's not about competition. The, this space and especially uh, Twitter in general, but like just Amazon in, in, in general, I think like people are hungry for knowledge, mm -hmm. hungry, like information is monetized. Mm -hmm. What, what lead do you have? What source do you have? How'd you get it? Right. What Discord are you in? What community are you in? All that information, all that networking, all that connection is monetizable. And I think people are using it in a bad way. 
So you hit at this perfect time where you were saying like everybody wanted to know about wholesale and you were valid in wholesale saying, yep, I just did 4.3 million, right? Which is exactly what everybody wanted to do. And then you're giving tactical information for free that was not hurting you to give away right. because in wholesale you have exclusives, right? You have these exclusive brand relationships, and you're not having to out yourself and saying, hey, you're just saying, look at, look at my systems, look at my processes, this is how I got stuff. And everyone's able to jump on that and take that. And I think you just built a ton of value to the point where, like, what, you're, did you cross 6,000 followers yet? Uh, I think I'm at, like, 5,700, something like that. Okay. I mean, probably will be and, in a week or two. And that's not, like, a huge number, right? If we're talking about, like, in the, in the, you know, in the social media space in general, it's not huge. But when you have... A, a community of sixty, uh, fifty-seven hundred people that are engaged, mm-hmm. that value what you're talking about. It's so much more valuable than having a hundred thousand people that are passive. Yeah, I've um, been saying that a lot recently. That like audience quality is so yeah. much more important than audience quantity. And without getting into the specifics of the wholesale challenge, I mean, what we've been able to do with that offer is is proof. I mean, the fact that it doesn't take hundred thousand people to monetize an audience in a big way. Yeah, obviously yeah, so, for for their benefit too. So, and you started putting out YouTube content. YouTube's in slow growth, right? But like, tell me, what's your vision with that? Why did you start that? Why do you Why do you look at YouTube? I mean, I just see YouTube as a way to build trust and credibility in a much bigger way long term. YouTube content is evergreen. I can put out a video today that's still going to get watched a year, two years, three years from now. And I mean, selfishly too. Some of my revenue comes from affiliates, like these software programs that I, that I work with that I've been using for years that I believe in. And so because yeah. of that, I promote them to other people. And when people sign up using my link, I get a kickback. So just speaking very tactically, I like making YouTube videos about the tools that I use because it drives affiliate revenue and the content like that just isn't out there. Like if I can yeah. show you how to use a software tool in a way that you didn't know before and it helps you land a new wholesale account or it helps you find a new product, or it helps you do anything, then that's, that's a win in my mind and it's a win for you. So, Well, and business owners, listen to this. I think that if you are someone that is an expert in your niche, so you have knowledge in your niche that other people don't have, if you are not putting out free content that's educational, you are losing revenue. And I mm-hmm. think people 100%. need to recognize that because, because what you're, what, Corey, the stuff you're posting, it's not viral. It's not going to go. It's not going to. And it never will be. (laughs) And frankly, (laughs) and that's not the goal. I don't want it. It's not even like. It's not even like. It's not even like entertaining. It's not like the purpose of it is not to entertain. It's to educate. Yep. Um, And I think what you've done is you've established yourself as the educational resource for wholesale. And I think there's people that have accomplished more than you that aren't doing this. Hundred percent. Yeah. They're going to lose because of it. I agree. I mean, there's people that are doing. I mean, I don't know everything about wholesale. Nobody does. But there are guys that are 10, 20, 30 times bigger than me that have been around the block for decades longer than me that know more, that have more information. They just haven't yeah. taken the time to build the presence and to really articulate it in a way that resonates with people that might be a little or a few years behind them. Uh, and so I want to address like the Amazon sellers within this niche, right? Because that's probably the people that are going to be listening to this or people that, that care about you and want to know, know more about wholesale. I think if you are not giving value for free to your community that's not intentionally being monetized, right? Like the goal of it is not to make money. The goal of it is to give free information that helps your community. Um, I think you're going to lose. And that doesn't mean that you need to talk about strategies that are beyond you. So like you don't need to come across as Corey, who's done 4.3. You can come across as Jared that's done 
sixty thousand dollars, right? And maybe right. there's someone, there maybe there's some sixteen year old kid that's like, man, I would really love to to pocket ten percent. I would love to pocket you know six thousand dollars this year, right, for this yep. summer. And and I would love to know the the, the steps that you took to make sixty thousand dollars in three months. Um, and if I could make ten percent, you know, returns on that, that'd be awesome. There's someone there out there that wants that, and so you have value to give. Don't be chasing the people that like. The reason Corey's able to come in and cr- crush it is because he has evidence. He has evidence to support that he is valid in this space. Um, I'm really excited about what you're going to do. So tell me about like, tell me about your vision. What do you like? If if you have your goals in your head of like what you want to accomplish in this next year, we don't have to get into like super specifics, but like, what? If you could be like, I really want to hit this number on YouTube. I really want to hit this. I really want to hit this number for my podcast. I really want to. I really want to do this on other platforms. Like, what do you? What are you thinking about doing? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it really doesn't come down to like a number per se. Like, I don't. You know, we talked about follower count it means nothing to me. It's quality versus yeah. it's quality over quantity in terms of followers, in terms of everything. So I think I mean, in my mind, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, in my mind, I want to be the go-to, like when you think of Amazon wholesale, I want you to think of me. Like I want to be synonymous with that term and with that business model. And I want to be the hands down biggest, most respected educator on that topic in the space. And so in order to do that, I'm just going to be doubling, tripling down on content, making sure that my content is by far the most tactical out there. So when you watch a video from me, you're not going to finish the video scratching your head like oh what do i do next you're going to learn exactly what to do based on that given topic and i mean that you know i i'm i'm kind of purposely pigeonholing myself into the wholesale space but for a good reason i mean i don't think that i don't think that you do big things by going broad i think the more niche you can get the better and the wholesale niche is still big enough to you know have a very viable business on the side out you know on the information side so when i have things like the Amazon Wholesale Podcast. Uh, this week, I, I dubbed, I've started dubbing my Thursday email the Amazon Wholesale Newsletter. I've got my YouTube presence. I've got my Twitter presence. I will be branching out into Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, Facebook possibly as well. The goal, like I said, is to be the face of Amazon Wholesale on every social media platform. Yeah, I love that. And I think the net positive of that, like I think something that's unique about you too is that your vision is so long-term. Mm-hmm. I think people- It has to be, people, it has to be. People invest, like I tell people, like whenever someone has a call with me, I say, are you posting 21 times a week? In my mind, you should be doing at least 21 times a week, three threads a week, right? Uh, maybe one lead mag- magnet a week. And we can talk like <laughs> other, other podcasts. I'll talk about what those are, but uh, like you've done stuff like that. You've had your systems in place and you've seen the compounding benefit for seven months. And I think a lot of people just quit. A lot of people do it maybe for a week, maybe for, for a month. And it just stops like so in my mind the the reality is if you have the value if you have the information that people want and you're willing to give it away for free and you're not going to try to monetize it you're just going to try to give value to people if you do that for a long enough period of time and it is the best there's no way you don't win yep and i I wish more people would have that perspective of like there's something that you have that you're the best at that you know how to do better than anybody else. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be, I sold $4.3 million. You don't have to do that. It's It can be as simple as like, I know something about this hobby, this niche, this side hustle, this business. And you can educate people and doing that every single day for years, you're gonna win. Exactly. And everyone's gonna say, it's gonna look like it's this like, like I guarantee you when, we, when you hit 100K followers on, on some platform, which you will, it's gonna be like, oh man, Corey, that was an overnight success. And it's like, nope. You're gonna you're gonna be able to go back to the read receipts, and you're gonna be able to say he started on Twitter in January of 2023. <laughs> right. Well, and and we'll look at the first 
you know, 60 YouTube videos where I sound like a freaking robot, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I'm still working on that. But like, I think we're, we're at what, a hundred, maybe 120 YouTube videos. And for the first Probably. two to three months, we were doing one every weekday, like literally five videos a week to the yeah. point where like the quality started to go downhill because I was just running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> but my goal, and I told you this all along, like, I don't care really about quality up front. I want to get the reps in. I want to get practice in front of the camera so that yeah. come video 100, video 150, video 300, because I am thinking that long term, I'm going to be a lot better. You know, that was yeah, kind of the I, thought I mean, process there. Video video 1000s could be better than video 100. 100%. So if you have that mentality of like, I'm just going to get there, then like, there's just no way you're going to lose. Because everyone else is, is thinking like, how can I make this video the one that's going to go? And it's like, nope, that's not, not going to happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen organically as you get better at things. So, right. uh, Corey, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I want to gas you up. Uh, I, I, again, I interact with you because I knew immediately from seeing your tweets that you were valid. And there's not many people like I can, I read through people. I can see through people. Like there's some people that are legit. There's some people that are not legit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're interested in Amazon in general and you want to know anything about wholesale, but specifically Amazon, right. I think Corey is one of the best resources to go to. So you better be following him. Corey, give me, give me your socials. Give me, give me everything that you, that we've already kind of plugged, but, but, uh, but tell them where you're at. Yeah, so not trying to overwhelm people, but I am on Twitter at Ganim Corey. YouTube is at Corey Ganim. And if you're interested in checking out the podcast, so that's just the Amazon Wholesale Podcast. That's on any podcast platform, pretty much. Uh, I, like I said, I do send out a weekly newsletter as well. And to get on that list, you would just have to download uh, either my free, my free guide on how to find a supplier or my email templates, which are in pretty much all of my social uh, bios. So. Twitter is my most active platform by far, though. Yeah, and we'll get you on everything else. He's gonna, yep. he's gonna pop. We also have to. I, I think we have to update your names. We gotta get, we gotta get sent, like central name for everything. Yeah, yeah oh, whatever I agree. Whatever we gotta do, we gotta make. Well, there's some at Corey Ganim on Twitter hasn't tweeted since 2012. So like we gotta I think, yeah, you can, get you can, that yeah, figured you probably, out. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can steal that. I think you just have to. You just have to request it. Oh and really? We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk offline. We'll, we'll oh nice. Out. Okay. I'll get you. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, anyway, just just follow him, man. It's just it's just straight up value. Um, and I think by the, by the time this comes out, like pretty soon after this comes out, you'll be also be on TikTok. You'll also be on Instagram. So just just look up Corey Ganim. And if you want to learn about this, this is the educational resource to get. Um, if you're not interested, he's also just given good business insight. So uh, definitely worth a follow. Definitely worth your attention. Um, Corey, thanks for thanks for coming on. I'm really excited about what we're going to build in this next year and just just seeing just seeing how much how much value you're going to give to people and the compounding effect. Like I think like. You're gonna you're gonna be surprised at how much you're gonna be able to accomplish even just in a year. Like I hope so. It's already it's am. already happened, <laughs> but it's like it's gonna go crazy. So um, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find this podcast on everywhere. Um, yeah, so feel free to follow me as well. Thanks for being here. Bye.